Hello and welcome again to the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast Series. I'm Gary Hurley of Fisherman's Post. Fisherman's Post has been serving the saltwater fishing community of North Carolina since 2003, bringing you fishing reports, fishing information, fishing tournaments, fishing schools, and now in this latest chapter, bringing you the Saltwater Podcast Series. And in this series, we talk to our friends, our captain and guide friends from up and down the North Carolina coast and ask them to share their insights on how to catch more fish more often. But I believe our true goal is more than just more fish. I believe our true goal is just to give you confidence, to give you motivation to go out and spend more time on the water with more of your friends and family. And so I'm joined as I am every episode with Billy Thorpe of Thorpe Creative. How's it going, Gary? It's going good. Good let, to see you, man. Let me tell you what we have today. All right. I'm excited. We're going to be talking to Mike Donovan, and we're going to talk to him about pier kingfishing, but here's okay. the thing. He's not an expert. That's, that's awesome. I know, right? Somebody finally, like me. <laughs> I'm excited. But he has a unique perspective because he just finished his... He's done quite a bit of pier fishing. He's just finished his first season of king fishing from the pier all right and so that's why i wanted to bring him in i figure you know there might be other people out there that want to get started and instead of hearing from a 30-year vet let's hear from a guy that just went through the process of acclimating himself to the pier king culture that's good man i like the diversity gary i do too i like it because those experts ugh. i mean i'm sick of those experts oh God, they just know everything <laughs> they catch so many fish ugh. all that time on the water They're the worst makes me sick the worst. <laughs> so we're going to talk about gear. We're going to talk about terminal tackle. We're going to talk about setting up the anchor rod, setting up the fighting rod, hookups and landing. So we got a lot to cover just All because right. he's in his first season, finishing up his first, I'll say, successful season. You know, we got a lot to cover. All right. Sounds good. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell people how they can watch, how to listen. Uh, if you are watching, you know how to watch. If you listen, it's on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, um, iTunes. And make sure you subscribe to those channels and like and share them. Uh, and then also, if you want to watch, go to uh, YouTube, our YouTube channel, look up Fisherman's Post, and be sure to subscribe on there as well. That way you get the little notification, hit that little bell, do all those fun bells and whistles. So, um, yeah, Gary, that's how you do it. Are you subscribed to our channel? I am subscribed You're to sus- our YouTube channel. <laughs> I own the channel. What are you talking about? <laughs> I did subscribe to our own YouTube channel. I think I saw like seven ninety nine. I'm like, cool. I could be an even eight hundred or whatever it was. Oh, okay. I forget what the number yeah. was. But... I think we're way past that now. Okay, good. Or maybe not way, but we're past way. it. We we want to try to get to nine hundred now. So if you're listening to this, I don't even care if you like fishing. Just go over there and do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't be possible without our um, our awesome sponsors, Marine Warehouse Center. Man, really love those guys. They're so supportive of the show uh, and just making it making it possible. So everything you see here is made possible by, by Marine Warehouse Center. And I'm gonna play a little a, a little ditty. I don't know why I was gonna say it like they're gonna play a song or something. I'm gonna play a commercial from them. We'll be right back. All right. This is Preston with Marine Warehouse Center. We're your headquarters for Carolina Skiff, Sea Chaser, Paramarine, and Sailfish Boat. If you're looking for tons of features and value without compromise, come check out our inventory in person or check us out online. All right, man. Good looking stuff there. You know, great guys, sales, service, parts, great guys. 
I've befriended, you know, if you watch the if you watch the podcast, then you know I've befriended Terrell lately, been hanging out with him. Oh yeah, you guys are big buds now. Drinks, snacks, he tells me a joke. Jokes. And I have one for Is that today. like a weekly meetup? <laughs> I, I actually might have to cool the relationship. I think Terrell's <laughs> trying to take it to the next level. I might have to cool him down a little bit. But yes. This past week, you know, we uh Terrell made me pancakes. He poured a couple apple ciders and he told me this joke. <laughs> Where's my sound effects? Hold on. I don't want sound effects. <laughs> yeah, he told me that this is Terrell's joke, right? This isn't me. A little fish walks into a bar. The bartender asks the fish, what can I get you? The little fish replies, gasping, water. I need water. Water. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a bubbly. And that's when I something. said, Terrell, I think I got to go. <laughs> Terrell. I said, wait, I think my wife's calling me. I got to go. These are great pancakes, though. Oh man! Well, that's a I, Terrell. I like that joke. If you're listening, I mean, I know Gary. He's he's a hard crowd, but I liked it. It's good. Show me a fish photo. Here we go, with a fish photo. This is Grayland Baker of Oak Island with a 41 pound king mackerel caught on a short rigger pulling a pink skirt with a live pogey. He was fishing one mile off of Cherry Grove Pier. Good looking fish. I couldn't even get it all the way in our little picture frame there, Gary, because it's a uh, it's a big fish. It's a 41 pound fish. It's a big king. So. And while it wasn't caught from the pier, it was caught close to the pier. Yeah. So it seemed to be an appropriate fish photo for this episode. Probably swims next to the pier, if I had to imagine. So there's a shot that somebody can have pulled that one up. Yeah. Good. I knew that's what you were going for. Yeah. <laughs> hey, keep in mind, at the end of the episode, at the end of the podcast, I come back to you for Billy's best takeaway. I'm going to be ready. All right. I got it. All right. I'm- All right, so let's bring up our guest. Our guest today is Mike Donovan. Mike Donovan is a frequent of Surf City Pier on Topsail Island, Surf City Pier, right in Surf City. And again, what we're doing with Mike is we're going to talk about pier king fishing. We're calling it a a beginner's first season. Plenty of experience on the pier. Just finished your first season, a successful season of king mackerel fishing from the pier. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Gary. So we're going to talk about gear. We're going to talk about terminal tackle, anchor rod, fighting rod, hookups, and landings. And before we get to that, though, as is tradition on the Fisherman's Post Saltwater Podcast series, I've got two questions for you. The first question, and I've almost answered this for you already, why should we listen to what you have to say about beginning to fish for for kings from the pier? Well, um... I've been actually fishing on Surf City Pier for six years now. Um, a good friend of mine, my mentor for king fishing, been fishing for kings for a number of years, um, took me under his wing. Um, great fisherman, taught me everything he knows about king fishing and uh, convinced me. I've spent so much time on Surf City Pier, I might as well just put a king rig out there um, when I'm out there fishing. And it all made sense to me, so that's how I got started. Well, right on. All right, second question, and as is tradition on the podcast series, a non-fishing question. I believe you're a retired Army, so you've done some traveling, so you, you probably have a good shot at this one. I pulled this from the fact that we're talking about Surf City Pier in Surf City, so this is a question based on that material. There are two California towns that, that claim to be, in quotation marks, Surf City or Surf City USA. Can you name either of them? Two, no, <laughs> no idea. 
I didn't know either until I Googled, you know, because we're East Coast locked. It would be Huntington Beach or Santa Cruz. I guess they're fighting it out on the West Coast for who is the official Surf City USA. I think surfing started in Huntington Beach. You know, Hawaiians, I'm not sure. I'm Now I'm going to I'm gonna mess up <laughs> if I try to elucidate, to go on more. Let's go back to the topic. Let's start the podcast because I know people want to get right into the material, and we already take long to do that. So let's talk about it. You're, you're wanting to fish from the pier. You're a uh, kingfish from the pier. Of course, that makes that takes special gear. What do we need? Like, what is it? How do we intro into this fishery without spending a ridiculous amount of money? Okay, that's a good question. Um, that's one I w- would like to just say quickly that um, if you're thinking about getting into kingfishing, um, you don't get crazy about it, especially in your first year. It would be even the best scenario would be have someone that has a setup that an extra one that you can use that you can uh, get just take out and get the fundamentals down with that one and learn what you like the best because a lot of people go crazy. I mean, you can spend thousands of dollars on a setup with the reels and the fighting rod and the anchor rod and all those things. It's not necessary. Um, so again, the best scenario is find someone that has an extra setup that you can try out. And that's exactly what I did. I used, um, my, uh, partner's stuff for a few months and got to know the, the way to kingfish and then started to buy a few things little by little. Um, so that's my best advice. Um, when you're first starting out, don't go crazy. Um, watch out there. If you're on the pier, identify somebody that, um, you think is a good pure uh, king fisherman and maybe start up a uh, relationship with that guy or gal and, and uh, maybe they can show you everything you need to know. What's pretty standard when it comes to anchor rods? Like what are we looking for out of an anchor rod or what's a pretty general anchor rod by, you know, if we're not, if we don't have friends to advise us? Okay, an anchor rod, uh, anywhere from a 10 foot to a 12 foot rod, um, they're, they're kind of similar to a surf rod. They've got some flexibility. Um, the reel itself, you can go two ways. You can go with a spinning reel or a bait cast reel. Um, some of the vets out there use the spin cast. They just like the way um, they can cast that better. They don't have to um, hold their finger on the line necessarily when they're casting it out. Um, so those are the two different types of reels they use for the anchor rod. Um, like I said, a 10 or 12, even a 15 would work. You just want to get a little, um, you want it to be kind of stiff. So it holds the anchor in when, when you're, uh, when, once you got it out there and seated in the, in the bottom of the ocean. Size reel and spooled with what? Size reel. Um, you want a pretty good reel, um, that you can tighten down fairly well. Um, I can actually show you a reel I have here. But the, um, the mono is what we use on it. It's just a 25-pound um, mono that's spooled up. And um, that's pretty much it. Just a, just a, bit, a little surf-type reel to kind of give you a comparison would work, something you use for surf fishing. And I think your advice about, tr- you know, not going all in and then try, you know, trying a couple of rods, if at all possible, is sage advice because you don't know what you like until you're working with it. 
do you remember do you remember your process like what it was about one anchor rod you didn't like and then why you moved to another you know and again everyone's experience is going to be different so someone else wouldn't have that but i'd love to have any kind of insight into how your perspective changed well my perspective on that is i'm i went with a 12 foot after using the 12 foot it pretty much just followed suit um the 12 foot gets your rod up um higher off the pier ledge so you can get a better angle with your line that's going down to your anchor um, and you throw your anchor out you know probably 75 yards if you got a good arm you get it out there so the higher you can get that rod the better angle you got therefore um, you got when you put your bait down um, on that line you got more uh, area to work with. You can bring it in closer. You can bring, take it out farther, generally out farther. Um, so that works well to have, you know, that 12 foot rod. Also, it gives you a little bit more zing when you, um, throw it out. It gives you that more flexibility in the rod to get that little flick you need to get that eight ounce anchor out there. Okay. Now let's have the same conversation with the fighting rod. Okay. Um, the fighting rod, is uh there's a whole you can spend thousands of dollars on a fighting rod um you can the base price on one you know you're in the hundred dollar range or 130 dollar range that's a complete rod and real setup the fighting rod's about six foot long um everybody's got their own um you know what they feel comfortable with um, I used a um, pen squall. Um, you could use that one for a beginner for sure. Um, they come in different size capacities for, for line. Um, I have a 50 squall 50 that puts 400 yards on of mono. That's the minimum you want to put on a, a reel um, because if you get a big king on, he's going to take all that and probably more if he's really running. So a lot of guys will go with a little bigger um, reel, like a, uh, one that will hold, you know, 600 yards. That's probably where you want to kind of be, but not necessary. It depends on who you talk to. All right. So fighting rod, anchor rod, and then I guess we go to terminal tackle before we go to sort of technique, right? Like talk to me a little bit about terminal tackle. Okay. So as I was, um, let me get the thing here. This is just the um, anchor rod that you used um, that you set out with your 25 pound mono off your anchor rod. That's once you set it out, you set it in, get it dug into the sand, and that's um, what you need to get started at, at least with getting your anchor out. And then um, once you um, get your anchor line out, you've got that set, then you bring your fighting rod into the game and you use a quick release um, type setup. You can buy these in your, your local bait and tackle store. You can buy them even on in the uh, pier shop. Um, it's something like this. See if I can get a better. Yeah, we're not pitch. seeing it. There we go. Pull it back to you more. There we go. There yeah, we go. that's good. All right. So, so this basically is an egg sinker, a five ounce um, egg sinker. It's got two beads on each end and you take a wire 
put it up through it. These are homemade, but this is what I learned to use. And then a snap hook on the bottom. So this is actually the way it would set up on your, um, sorry, set up okay. on your line. You would tap this to your line that's going down to the water. And this is what you hook your fighting rod line into. So this is hooked to your fighting rod. And once the um, fish gets on, it's a quick release. So this has got some tension in it right here and it pulls out and then it releases the um, the line to the fighting rod and you're clear of the anchor line at that point. Um, so that's what you would use to do your initial setup. So walk um, me through what I, I was following everything except for the quick release and how that line is attached to the, how my fighting rod line is attached to that quick release. I, okay. I understand the snap swivel goes over the line, go into the anchor rod, but the bottom part, I, I missed it. Okay, this part here? Yeah. Okay, that part, <laughs> I'm getting all screwed up here. That part goes into the, um, I'll show you real quick. This, this is going to be tied on. You got this here, and that's actually tied to your fighting rod. So you're... Okay. You've got that, and that's tied on to your main line. Okay. Fighting. Then you stick your quick release in that. Okay. And so when your main line is on this part right here, so then when the fish gets on, it pulls that, and you're free to. Um, uh, Fight the fish from the anchor line. It breaks away from the anchor line, basically. All right, I follow. Thank you for thank you for clarifying a little, that. A little confusing. What, now tell me about what's on the hook, or you know what's on the true terminal tackle. Okay, so you can buy these again at the um, at your bait shop, or you can make them. I have been. Um, you can use different type of uh, line. Uh, you use a hard wire line like this not i mean you can use a braided wire but um i was taught to use this type of wire that wire um, is anywhere from three to six feet in length and i'll show you what that looks like find where i put it So this is your line. Again, this is the part that I was talking about that goes on gotcha. your fight. Okay. So this is attached to your fighting rod. And then you've got your, this is a five, six foot leader that you um, put your hooks on. Let's see, get this on here. Most of the baits you guys send out from the pier, are they naked baits? Are they skirted baits? They're usually, I mean, as far as live bait or... We don't like if you, if you have a bluefish on, if you have a live pogey, is there any kind of skirt on the rig itself or is it just plain hook, plain wire? That's how you like to fish from the pier. Plain hook, plain wire. Okay. Yep. 
So and the hooks so, that so we have are on our, uh, a four times treble hook. Um, just gives you extra strength and durability because a lot of times the hook will come out, the fish will, go, the king will go after the, the bait, but it doesn't always end up in his mouth and you end up with these other hooks in his body. You can, we've got plenty of fish in a lot of times with um, the hook, three or four hooks in them like this. You have the hook that goes in the front of the fish, the bait fish and the hook that goes in the back, and then you have a stinger one and that one can go into the bottom of the fish if it's a small fish you don't even need to put the stinger in the fish you can just it could just drag loose um, out there in the water so you got uh, another opportunity to get the get a hook into the fish so you like three hooks you like a hook in the front of the fish a hook in the back of the fish and then uh, just a stinger hook that probably is just dangling Right, and that stinger hook can be a treble hook or it can be a single hook. If you buy them in the store, it's generally made up with a single hook for the stinger. And then, so what is the favorite bait of choice for Pier King fishing? For Surf City Pier, I would have to say that's the bluefish. Um, bluefish have been come, come hard to come by, especially um, since they've made it only three per fisherman. Um, we had a hard time catching bluefish this year a lot of times, so we resorted to actually pinfish. A fairly large pinfish, actually, my first king was caught on a, a, a pinfish. Um, so bluefish, pinfish, or any type of bait fish, if it's really a bad day for getting fish, bait fish, you can use pretty much any type of a bait fish out there, as long as it's got something that's going to live for a period of time out there because you don't want to keep changing out your bait continuously. So, I mean, if you put a bluefish out there, it could last all day long and without having to change it out. And if you could pick the size of your bluefish, it would be a bluefish how long? Well, we call them candy bars. They're probably 12 inches long. Um, sometimes the guys go with the bigger ones. Uh, you know, they think bigger bait, bigger fish. That could be, but... Um, that's generally the size is you know, eight to 12 inches long is kind of what we go with. And are you typically, is the typical pier angler just catching their bluefish, plugging from the pier? Is that it? You're searching for your bait and then putting your bait on your king rod? Right. So the day starts early. I mean, you got to get out there before sunrise. Usually you get your bait. It's not an absolute. Um, you can use a sabiki rig or a diamond jig um, to, you know, early in the morning to get your bait. Um, putting a, putting the a, uh, plug out there in dark isn't going to do you much good. So a diamond jig or a sabiki rig, um, sometimes you put you tip it with um, some shrimp or uh, to get, the, you know, the smell down there for it. For them. But we usually will catch those right alongside the pier, right below the pier, you'll catch your bait fish. Um, so, yeah, getting out there early is important. And do you have a bait bucket? Um, that you put over the side of the pier, tie it on. It's usually a five-gallon bucket um, with holes in it, and that's what, how you keep your bait fish alive throughout the day. And is is everyone pretty much exclusive? Like, am I out there and I have my bait bucket and you have your bait bucket and the guy next to you has his bait bucket, or how much community happens when it comes to bait? If you're fishing with someone, um, you know, they can, you can share your buckets, but uh, because there's only so much room on the pier, 
for putting a bunch of uh, buckets down. So generally, um, you know, people do share. If I got a friend with me, I'll share the bucket with him. Because uh, like I said, there's only so much room when we don't want to um, take up, you know, a good portion of the pier with bait buckets because you can't fish that side of the pier with bait buckets hanging down from the side with ropes on because it will be a big tangled mess. So maybe this is a time, and this isn't in our list of topics, but this is certainly on my mind when I think about, you know, entering into the pier kingfishing world. So there's certainly cultures at the pier. There's communities at the pier. And, yeah, man, people in general are nice. And so if I am a brand-new person, I want to get started on king mackerel fishing, what can I expect from the guys that, guys and gals? I'm using guys gender neutral. What can I expect from the people at the end of the pier, man? How do I walk out there, introduce myself, and get them more on my side rather than, oh, no, we've got a newbie that we've got to keep an eye on? <laughs> um, that, that's a good question. That depends. Um, I mean, your biggest thing is I, I, this is what happened with me. I, I went out there and fished for, for, uh, mackerel spanish mackerel for, for many years and i just watched and observed um you know you want to get on a good side of a king fisherman give him a couple of blues that you caught and uh, he'll be he'll be your friend forever basically um but generally speaking anybody out there is is more than happy and eager to share um, the information that they know about king fishing i mean they'll take you in if you come out there and you can't um, throw out an anchor rod or whatever. They'll throw the anchor rod out for you. Um, the community really comes in um, after you, be, you start king fishing, where when you get a king on, everybody has to work together because you've got anywhere from three rigs to 13 king rigs on the end of the pier. And it takes a lot of um, coordination to get those rods out of the way when an individual is trying to fight a uh, king mackerel at the end of the pier you've got to move rods and anchor rods and it it can get kind of hectic out there um but what i found my personal experience is that people are that kingfish before i started they they enjoy sharing their knowledge um, how they tie up their rigs how they fish it what kind of reel they use they uh, they'll sit down with you and and help you do anything you need to do well, that's good to hear. I mean, I, again, I've had nothing but positive experiences on the pier. I try to keep in mind, maybe I have an easier route because of the Fisherman's Post connection, but it, it does seem just like a quality group of people, no matter what pier I'm on. And I figured they were ambassadors, but it just seemed like a question to ask out loud. Again, if someone's thinking about getting interest, you know, getting started, then that pier culture can be a little intimidating, like going out there for the first time and trying to find your spot and you know, the do's and the don'ts. And, you know, maybe I think we're going to finish with, a, I'm going to ask you some do's and some don'ts. But in talking about community, you brought up the hookup. So here's where we're going to go, man. We've got the we've got the anchor rod out there and it's set. And we've got our live bluefish, our live, you know, pinfish. We've got our live bait out there. And let's say not the person next to me, but let's say we did. Somehow we've already got our hookup and I know it's a fine-tuned machine when someone, anyone gets a hook out of the end. Tell me what happens, man, so I have a better idea of what to expect when that hookup hopefully comes. Okay, so when you have your fighting rod, um, fighting rods have a clicker on them, 
which alerts everybody that's out there that there's a fish on it it starts going off that clicker goes off and you can generally see the pole bending down um what happens at that time you know we're pretty much waiting in the at particular area sometimes the fisherman might be not even right there but we, we get to him and get him to man his fighting rod um so what happens with that is uh you pretty much want to let that king run itself out you you want to you want to man the rod but you don't want to lock down the drag on him you just want to let it let him run with with it as far as he can go wants to go without you know locking down on him let him get tired out um, the worst thing you can do is bring in a, a big king or any size king that's what as they call still green still has a lot um you know going on he still wants to get loose he's he's got a lot of um bit, you know he just he's moving around a lot of the water when you get when he's tired out you got a better shot of getting him landed on the pier um so once you get the the uh, king into the pier close to the pier um two things a couple things happen there's got to be somebody that has a, a gaff with a rope that can um, gaff the fish it's about the only way you're going to get you know a big fish like that up from the, the uh, ocean floor, uh, get it up on the pier. So you have to gaff it. And as you're fighting the fish, everybody's kind of watching because that, that king can go left and right. You can go towards the beach. It can come back out. Uh, there's not a lot you can do. You control it, except, you know, stay ahead of the fish. Um, if there's a lot of reels and rod and reels out there that are set up, each person that's fishing out there needs to man his particular setup so he can move move his um, rod out of the way, basically by lifting it out of the holder um, so the guy can get to the other side of the pier um, or wherever he needs to get to manage that fish. Um, once you get him up close to the pier, uh, you bring him in, you, kind of, you start locking obviously down on him at that point because if you don't, He's going to be end up underneath the pier and wrapped around a pylon under the pier, and you have a pretty good shot of losing him at that point. So you want to lock down on the um, the, the fish and get him pull him in towards the pier, and the guy with the gaff. Hopefully, you get him close enough to the pier he can get the gaff in him and um, pull him up. And so gaffing again, I guess, is a pretty much a community activity. If I'm new. That's probably something I don't even have to worry about buying because there's going to be a couple of gaffs out there and there's going to be plenty of people that like that job. They like that support. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's guys that um, are experienced at do it, do a better job at it, but um, it is a community thing. Um, and everybody just chipped in and, and, you know, I've had people out there when the Kings lost, they feel worse than the guy that was actually had the fish on because, you know, they want to do a good job for getting that that kingfish, um, king mackerel up on the pier. All right. How about some do's and don'ts? I think people are more worried about the don'ts than the do's, but I'm going to ask the do's and the don'ts because I'm guessing there's some, even with the topic we were just talking about with, you know, fighting a fish and landing a fish, we don't want to be that person. We don't want to go out there and make that mistake. So what are some pitfalls for the newbie to avoid to make sure they get acclimated into that end of the pier pier culture. Uh, the do's are probably easy, or don'ts are easier to remember than the do's. Um, basically, um, you don't want to set your your particular rig up too close to your fellow fishermen. Um, 
because you're going to end up tangled up in his anchor rod or his fighting rod. So you, you got to be aware of where everybody's fishing. It can get crowded out there. Um, you, you just got to get it in the right spot and not take somebody else's fishing area. It, 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 it'll end up in a catastrophe out there. Um, the don't, another don't would be is don't forget to put your clicker on because um, if you don't put your clicker on, that fish could be on and you would never know it. In fact, my first king is exactly what had happened with me. Um, we were, my buddy had re, um, reset me. I had lost my bait and I wasn't, I was had went to the pier house. He hadn't set the clicker on and we had got distracted. I walked over to my reel and the reel is completely spooled like 400 yards gone. The only thing that's holding it is the knot on the spool. And what happened again, clicker wasn't on and started putting tension on the, on the reel. And, uh, here we got, I got a, a big old King out of, out of it, even after it could have been a total catac catastrophe. <laughs> it was, so you got to put your clicker on, make sure your clicker's on. Um, do check your bait from time to time. Um, not all bait is going to, to live for a long period of time. So you want to make sure the bait is still living, that it's still in the water because with tide changes, the water level is going to change. So you want to adjust that your fish is actually in the water. Um, some guys like to fish it right on top of the water. Other ones want to fish it down, you know, two to three feet um, in the water. Um, all personal preference again. Um, those are the things that come to mind. Uh, the news is help everybody else out as much as you can. Um, you know, we share everything out there from our, the bait we catch. If somebody needs a bait fish, Hey, get one from me because it'll come back to you. Um, and stay out of the way. Uh, gaffs in on the pier are very sharp. Uh, there's usually a line on the pier where we ask spectators to stay behind that line because there's a lot going on. Because you've seen a, a king mackerel before, you know it's got a lot of teeth. Um, so you don't want one of those um, in, in either. Um, so those are some of the ones that I call, can think of at this point. Yeah, that's a good answer. What about uh, time of year? So when am I when am I start fishing for kings? When's my best chance at a king? When do my chances start to subside? Okay, but that depends on the water temperature. Um, when the water temperature gets up there in the, in the, in the 70s degree mark, um, that's, that's key. Um, also, uh, so that's probably, you know, late May, early June is when you start hitting the pier um, for king fishing. Um, this season has been extra long because of the warmer weather. Uh, we're still king fishing. And we'll probably still be king fishing for at least um, two more weeks. So we'll be into... Uh, in the first part of November um, this year, other years, you might get that cold snap earlier, which um, that pretty much uh, closes down the Kings because they're, they've headed south for the winter. Um, so, again, June is a good month. Um, August time frame, it gets, the water gets a little bit too warm sometimes, so they end up going to deeper water, so it kind of gets slacked off. And then November, October, November, you're going to get the run of fish going south. So my personal experience with it is that actually I've seen more king, kings caught in the, the end of summer, early fall than I've seen 
at any other time of the year. And how did you do in your first season king fishing from Surf City Pier? Uh, very good as a beginner. I, I've actually got my third king um, on this Tuesday. Um, so uh, really was a good season, had a good mentor. Um, actually took my brother-in-law out for the first time um, on Tuesday also. He never king fished. I set him up with a second set of uh, gear and he caught a king on his first day of fishing, um, which is crazy, but he, he did well. And uh, he was, uh, we caught seven kings on that day on the pier. It was really a, really a good day. And my mentor even caught one um, that day too. So all three of us got a king on Tuesday. And three kings, what's your rough guess of how many days of king fishing you invested this season? This season um, got a little bit late start. Um, you're out there, you know, we probably average, I probably average two to three times a week, depending on the conditions of the weather and everything. Um, you know, I, I met a guy yesterday that had been fishing for Kings for 30 years, never caught a King, but he didn't have the time that I have. He was up, you know, he'd come down to surf city pier, you know, maybe four or five or six times a year and stay for a day and he'd go back. So his odds of catching one were a lot less than mine obviously so um you have to invest some time because once you put the you got to get up early get your your bait and then uh it's just a waiting game at that point you could sit out there and not get a strike all day or you could get out there like we did on tuesday and get seven or eight strikes in a matter of a couple hours mike i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation i love our angle talking to a guy who just finished his first season of pure king mackerel fishing so everything's sort of fresh in your mind um i'm gonna leave it to you any final thoughts you got anything that you'd like to share that i didn't set you up to say no i think uh, as much as i know my first year um there's a lot a whole lot to it um again the final thought would be um, get a good mentor that's been fishing uh, um, for Kings for a while. Listen to them carefully. You're going you're gonna to meet a lot of people that got their own angle on it. Um, and you're going to learn over time, like I have, um, you know, what's going to work for you and what's not going to work for you. So um, that's, that's the best thing I can say is just get a good mentor that is, uh, you know, you feel like, hey, he's been catching some Kings. He, he knows what's going on. He, he's doing a good job that I, I see him catching kings all the time. And um, like I said earlier, there's, there's plenty of people out there on that pier that'll help you get set up. It looks complicated. Um, it's a little intimidating at first, but um, it's not as complicated or as intimidating once you jump in. It's, um, it's, it's, it's been fairly smooth transition for me going from just spin casting for Spanish mackerel to king fishing. And, uh, plus, I can still Spanish mackerel fish while my king's uh, setup is out there. And so you got a chance of getting a king plus catching your limit of Spanish mackerel during the day, too. Mike, thank you again. This has been great. This has been an easy talk. And, and again, I love the perspective. I, I love that you agreed to do this, man. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Billy. Gary, what a show, man. Right? I don't know anything about king fishing, so I get a, I get a bunch of takeaways. I know, this is what I know. This is my takeaway. If I go kingfishing, I'm calling Mike, and I'm going to be pretend to be his brother-in-law 
and he's going to set me up. <laughs> All right. He's going to yeah. set me up. I'm just going to give him yeah. my cell number. I'm going to go hang out at Surf City Grill and just say, text me if I get a fish. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan. Right? Eat a burger. Eat a burger, maybe some ice out. cream. Talk to Vanita. <laughs> what? No fish yet? What, All no, right. Check no, my bait, Mike. Check my bait for me. What are you doing out there, Mike? Come on. Get my fish. <laughs> I don't Dude, have all summer. That's cr- or 30 years. <laughs> or 30 years. I'm like, dude, forget it. Like 30 years. I'm 34. That's most of my life. This guy, this other guy, has been coming down to catch a king and never has. He says, and then, he you know says hey, honey, I'm going to go kingfishing. <laughs> really? Aria, it's been 30 years. Hey, uh, Are you still calling it kingfishing? Yeah, Mike's, Mike's brother-in-law <laughs> better hope that guy doesn't hear this podcast. He's going to hunt him down, beat him like a stepchild. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Dude, my best takeaway was give a king fisherman a bluefish and you got a friend for life. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to take that one. He's like a pelican. Just give him your fish. Yeah. He'll keep coming back, hanging out with you. Sage advice. Oh, man. Speaking of keep coming back, guys, make sure you keep coming back by going to our YouTube channel and subscribing. Uh, Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, um, or Google Music. Oh, and Amazon. We just got on Amazon Podcast, by the way. Uh, They got a new platform. So, yeah, I submitted it on there. They're like, yeah, you guys are pretty good. We'll take you. We're primed, so you can get it any time, <laughs> quick, <laughs> two days. <no. laughs> so uh, Amazon better write us a check for that promotion. Uh, anyway, speaking of promotion, thank you again, Marine Warehouse, for being uh, just an amazing sponsor of the show and, and making all this stuff possible for us to do and really enjoy those guys. I like to point out, man, they are not just you know selling, but, man, they're part of the fishing community. They're yeah. part of the boating community. They take that role very serious, man. They're active. They're, they're you know, fishing Podcast is just one, yeah. of the thi- one of the things that they're involved in. Those guys are very active. They, they understand that role. Because they get a good marketing director. They do. <laughs> the best. The best. Shout out to Lil. <laughs> oh, man. So much fun, Gary. I think that's it, dude. I don't know if we have anything else. That's it, man. Unless Next time. hear my joke. No. All right. Next time, then. Next time. See you, man.